Welcome to Kingdom Leadership. In Matthew 20 and 25, Jesus called his disciples together and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentile lord over them, and their great men exercise authority over them. It is not that way among you, but whosoever wishes to become great among you shall be your servant. God has called us to lead in a way that serves others and advances the kingdom of God. Please join our hosts as they discuss scriptures, principles, and strategies for leading in a way that brings glory to God and blesses you and those you serve. You may also visit us online at IamAKingdomLeader.com to submit your questions or access past episodes. Let's go. Hello, Kingdom Leaders. This is Dr. Arlene Green, and thank you so much for joining us today for another episode of Kingdom Leadership, where our goal is to disciple, meaning train, equip, prepare, encourage you, so you can lead in a way that advances God's kingdom. We are all leaders. Anytime we have an opportunity to influence someone in a positive direction, including ourselves, that is a leadership opportunity, and it's our desire that we all be kingdom leaders, meaning we're leading ourselves, our families, and others in a way that brings God glory and advances his kingdom. If after today you'd like to access past episodes or get in contact with us to submit a question for a future show, you can always send an email to me at my church address, which is a green, my church email address, a green, A-G-R-E-E-N, at lifechangingfaith.com, or you can visit our website, IamAKingdomLeader.com. So thank you so much for joining. I named today's show, Knowing What God Has Promised You. Knowing What God Has Promised You. And I like to start with a research study. And in psychology, there's a concept called psychological ownership. And basically it says that there are psychological benefits when you believe something is yours. And I was looking at a study on home ownership, and it is by the Rosenthal Center for Real Estate Studies. And they found that when people own their home, and this is controlling for income, education, lots of other factors, there are lots of positive outcomes. So there are a lot of positive outcomes when you own your own home. People are more likely to be involved in the community. They have better physical health. They're happier. And they just have a higher overall well-being. And what I took from this is that there's a benefit to knowing something is yours. It changes your mindset. It changes your attitude. It changes how you act. So today we want to talk about knowing what God has promised us. And then when we do, knowing what we should be doing about it. So we're going to stay in Joshua today. So if you missed last week's episode, then after this you can go to IamAKingdomLeader.com to access the last episode and get caught up. Because last week we discussed Joshua in chapter 1, verses 1 through 2. And this week I'm going to talk about Joshua, also chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. And so just for a little backdrop, as we discussed last week, Joshua served Moses for over 40 years. And when Moses died, he had seen you know amazing things accomplished. The Israelites delivered miraculously from slavery. Um, but he hadn't seen the promise fulfilled, but he did know that it would be. So then God then calls Joshua, the one who 40 years ago had tried to get the Israelites to take the promised land at that time, that same Joshua, he calls him to lead the Israelites into the promised land. 
So Joshua comes in the role, and God is telling Joshua what is to come. That's what's happening in these verses. So let's read Joshua chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. And God is speaking to Joshua, and he says, Every place on which the sole of your foot treads, I have given it to you, just as I spoke to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and as far as the great sea toward the setting of the sun will be your territory. So let's talk about the leadership lessons we can take from this passage. Um, I think the first thing we should know about the promise on our life is that it's already ours. In verse 3, God says, Every place on which the sole of your foot treads, I have given it to you. So it's already yours. Before you take the first step, God has already given it to you. So the promise and call that God has on your life is already yours. And I was thinking about this because, you know, there's a difference when you're working for something that you know is yours and when you're working for something that you're not sure is yours. You have a different attitude, a different level of confidence in your work and certainly in your authority. And I was thinking about um, the movie experience these days. And um, my husband, daughter, and I, we love the movies. And in our area, when we go to the movies, you can now prepay for your actual seat. You know, before I could prepay to get into the theater, but I couldn't necessarily prepay for our actual seats. But now, when I walk into the theater, I know what seat is mine before I get there. And I just operate differently. You know, I walk in more confidently. I'm not worried about if we can get seats together or if I'm going to have to sit in the front row. And my husband said that, you know, it's like we're walking in thinking, I wish somebody would be in my seat because you're knowing they're going to be moved. When you know it's yours, you don't mind operating the authority that comes with what is yours. You know, it's not being ambitious. It's not being arrogant. It's just being confident in the authority that God has given you. And that reduces anxiety and it puts more confidence and, you know, like pep in your step. So I ask you today, do you know what God has promised you? If you do, we can be confident in it because he already gave it to us. I heard someone um, recently quoting a Bible study from a local church, and they were talking about the difference between ambition and assignment. And when you're on assignment, it's not ambition, it's work. It's just operating in what is already yours. So we really want to move into that level of confidence in knowing that God has already given it to us. But point two that I want to make to do that, we have to know what God has promised, right? So in Joshua 1 and 4, God tells Joshua a lot of details about the territory that he's promised him and the Israelites. I mean, if we go back to verse 4, he says, From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and as far as the great sea toward the setting of the sun will be your territory. So if we don't know some of the remarkable things that God has promised us, we need to seek him. In his word, there are so many promises, promises of peace, joy, victory. And then we also want to know how God specifically wants to manifest those promises in our lives. Um, I think I mentioned before that I'm huge on goal setting. So every new year, I do New Year's resolutions or new goals for every year. And this year was really different for me. Every year before, I felt like God had given me a list of things to focus on and accomplish from the year for the year. I mean, I typically had them written down before or right around January 1st. 
But I'll tell you, when I started this year, I had nothing. I mean, nothing. <laughs> I have a board where I post my goals, and it was blank all through January. I even went to a vision board party with some friends that was awesome and expiring. And even with that, there was nothing on my board. I think I remember coming home and throwing the poster board in the trash on my way in the door because there was nothing on it. And so I talked to a couple of friends, and they both shared the same advice, which was confirmation for me, which was God may be encouraging you to think bigger than a one-year goal was one thing. You know, maybe I should be thinking about three to five years, or maybe I should be thinking about things I can't accomplish in my own strength. And our pastor preached a sermon toward the beginning of this year called, Why Shouldn't I Dream Big? And he said that if you can do it, God didn't give it to you. And that if we can't imagine past our ability, we won't be able to live past our ability. And that is so true. You know, I think it relates to my goals. When I think about previous years, you know, I had a number of goals. It might have been ensuring my daughter knew how to swim or going on a family vacation, you know, and all those things were things that God had already blessed me with the know-how and resources to get done. And so Minister Kate is a friend of mine and a minister of our church encouraged me to fast on it and to seek God for it more diligently, you know, to really go in about what it is he was having, calling me to do. And I think before, my goals had really come so easily that I really hadn't fasted and prayed on it really deeply. And so I felt God saying this year that you're going to have to do more. You're going to have to sacrifice more. You're going to have to go deeper, right? The word says deep calls unto deep. And so I think he was telling me, you're going to have to go deeper uh, to really seek me for what's next. And the other thing I heard him telling me was you're also going to have to go ahead and do those things I already told you to do before, before I give you what's next. So I really focused on both of those things. And slowly throughout this year, he's been giving me insight into what's next. And I'm so thankful for it. So if you know what God has promised you, that's awesome. Be confident in it because what's yours is yours. He's already given it to you. But if you don't know, like me earlier this year, then perhaps God is calling you deeper. Perhaps he's going to take, you know, it's going to take you more sacrifice. It's going to take you more prayer, more fasting, more reading of his word, and just more time with him for him to reveal it to you. Um, and perhaps also like me earlier this year, he's waiting on you to do what he's already told you to do already before he gives you what's next. And through this year, one of my favorite scriptures, actually my aunt who lives in Memphis, um, Pastor Barbara Green gave this to me, um, Jeremiah 33 and 3. And this really helped me and has helped me all year. And I love the New Living Translation. I want to read it. It says, ask me and I will tell you remarkable secrets you do not know about things to come. Ask me and I will tell you remarkable secrets you do not know about things to come. And so that's a promise we can stand on. So let's seek him. Let's ask for him to tell us the remarkable secrets about what is to come. Then once we know, or if we already know that promise, the third thing we can really take from this passage is that in verse three, God is saying everywhere, he says in verse three, everywhere the sole of your feet treads, I have given you. So everywhere you walk, I have given you. So my question for me and for you now is where are we walking? What new land are we treading upon? What new territory are we taking for the kingdom? And what would have happened if Joshua hadn't started walking? You know, was it promised to him and the people of Israel? Yes. Was it already theirs? 
Yes. Did they know it? Yes. Were they going to have to do some things to go get it? Absolutely. You know, and so sometimes, and I've, I've found most times, leadership is mainly about leading ourselves. When I moved into business ownership for my corporate role, um, and one of my best friends, Brian, who'd been in business ownership for a while, he said, the hardest person you're going to have to manage is yourself. And <laughs> how many of us know that is true? And I was looking, I want to share something with you all. I saw a meme going around the other day that really got me going. I mean, I screenshotted it so I could really look at what was being said. And this is a bit of a side note, but there are a lot of inspirational and pretty sounding quotes that may not be biblical and thus may not be true. A friend of mine, Rhonda, and I sometimes trade texts about things we thought were in the Bible. And then we learned they were just, you know, quote unquote, church ease or whatever you want to call it. Things we say that aren't actually in alignment with scripture. So it's a side note, but let's not live our lives based on unbiblical memes and sayings and, you know, pretty quotes. The truth is a person and his name is Jesus Christ. So if we want to know the truth of a situation, we need to seek him to find it out. Right. But back from my side note, I want to read you all this meme because it had over a million likes. And it said, have patience and wait for the thing you want most. Don't chase it. Don't run after it. If God wants you to have it, he will give it to you. And this really bothered me. I mean, God never said we weren't going to have to chase after the things he's promised us. Uh, there's certainly a lot of scriptures that talk about being patient and waiting on the Lord. And I agree with not chasing after things that God may not have told us were ours. You know, that's just wasted effort. And I mean, yes, I also agree that everything comes in God's timing. And that may have been, you know, what the author of the meme's intent was. That may have been what they meant. But there is nothing in the word that says we don't have to chase after or do things to get what God has promised us. You know, Paul said in Corinthians, run with perseverance the race that is set out before us. And even in the Bible, when God talks about patience, it's not a passive, you know, waiting around, do nothing kind of thing. Patience in the Bible looks like expectation. It looks like hope. It looks like doing the last thing he told us to do until he gives us the next thing and doing it with diligence. So, you know, let's not fool ourselves into thinking that we don't have to walk, move, and do the things God has called us to do to receive the promises he has given us. You know, I was thinking about this. If Joshua hadn't walked, he hadn't taken a step, they could still be on the other side of the Jordan River talking about the promises to come. You know, so we really have to be careful and make sure we're doing what he's called us to do. Now, we can overdo anything, right? I mean, we can run too hard by trying to do it in our own strength. You know, we can focus so much on the promise that we miss all the people that promise is supposed to bless. I mean, we can overdo anything. But trust and believe, we're going to have to walk and do things to receive the promises that God has given us. He already told us that faith without works is dead, right? And we can look at the life of Joshua, of Jesus Christ, of all the disciples as amazing examples. So let's just ensure we're reading, we're walking, we're praying, we're moving, and we're doing all that God has already called us to do. So the last thing I took from this passage, and this is we're in Joshua chapter one, verses three and four. The last thing I took from this passage as a lesson is that the promise continues. In verse three, God says, just as I promised Moses. All right, so Moses didn't see the full promise in his lifetime, 
but he got a glimpse of it, and he saw lots of other promises come to pass. So I think one leadership lesson that we can learn is that it's great to know where we fit in the legacy of promises or a promise that God has given. And it just made me think about what am I working on or investing in that will outlive me? You know, the promised land was first talked about um, as a promised land to Abraham, which some estimate it was like 430 to 480 years before Joshua actually led the Israelites into the promised land. And so, you know, I was thinking about that because that's something to think about. I mean, what are we working on or investing our time or resources in that might continue until the year, you know, if I was to add 400 and something years, 2498, or until Jesus comes to get his people? You know, the Bible says that we don't know what life will be like tomorrow, that our time on earth is like a vapor or a breath, meaning it's fast. And so because of that, we really should be investing the little bit of time that we have in things that will last. And from a business perspective, I was really inspired by one of my clients in this. Um, they started a values and kind of principle-based consulting business that's done extremely well. It was started and built by a husband and wife. And I met the wife one day for lunch um, because I was just seeking her advice on a number of things, you know, just to learn from someone else who's been really successful in a similar area in which I work. And so during that conversation, she shared with me that when she and her husband created the business, they had a vision of it outlasting their lives. You know, that what they would create would continue, continue to provide benefits to the clients they serve, continue to be a great place to work, continue to be a benefit to the community, and they do amazing work and amazing work in the community. And that just made me think about my own work in life. You know, what am I doing with the time and money God has given me? And am I investing his resources in ways that will outlast me? And so I ask you that question. What legacy are you leaving for the kingdom? You know, the word tells us that we shouldn't lay up our treasures on earth because on earth they're going to be destroyed, but to invest and lay up our treasure in heaven. You know, this world is going to end. Everyone believes who believes in him will be called up to meet him. And I want all, A-L-L, all of my family, friends, my kingdom leader family, and everyone on this earth to be in that number. So what can we do while we're here to bring that to pass? So let's see how we can seek God and really find out where he wants us investing the time and resources that he has given us as a small part of his will and his kingdom plan for our life and really for all of humanity. So, you know, God's word is amazing, and I just thank the Holy Spirit for being such an awesome teacher. I mean, just in Joshua chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, just those two, there are so many things we can apply to our lives. And what I love about this is that so many of the lessons are about how we lead ourselves more so than leading anyone else in these couple of um, passages. So let's just summarize what we talked about before we go to the question of the day. So first... What God has promised us is already already ours. What God has promised you is already yours. And when we know what's ours, just like I bop into the theater when my seat is prepaid, <laughs> let's walk confidently and take authority over all that God has given us. Second, if we don't know the promises that God has for us, let's seek him diligently to understand exactly what he has promised. You know, the promise that God shared with Joshua wasn't just for him. It was for Joshua and all of Israel. 
So do we know what God has promised for us, but also for our family, for our children, for those we're leading, for our businesses? And if not, let's seek him for real. Let's seek him with diligence to really uncover the promises that he has for us. Third, are we walking, right? God could promise us a million things, but if we're not moving and doing what he said to get them, they may never be ours. And I've also found it's really hard to confirm, you know, to be confirmed that what we're working on is the right things without moving. Because if we're not walking, you know, the promises are just sitting dormant. Or as we find out in Joshua, they may be sitting under the authority of an unlawful owner. <laughs> Someone else could be squatting on our promise, you know, no ma'am and no sir. Once we know what God has promised us, we have to go get it. And we only want what God has promised us. I mean, I can be really excited and love what God has promised someone else, but that's theirs. Like his promise for me is mine. I saw, actually, I saw a post one day uh, that was so funny to me. It said, God's not going to bless you with someone else's husband. You know, right. And God's not going to bless us with someone else's promise or blessing either. Um, but once we know what God has promised us, we have to be walking and moving so that we can receive it. And then finally, let's consider the legacy God wants us to leave for the kingdom. You know, let's be kingdom minded. First, understanding that our time on earth is really short, you know, but while we're here, we need to be investing in his kingdom, in his plan, in his people. He's given us this life. He's given us these resources and we want to be investing it in ways in which he would be pleased. All right. So with that, let's go to the question for today. And today's question is, I love it. What do you do when you don't know what God has called you to do? What do you do when you're unsure, essentially, of the promise that God has given you? And we touched on a few things, but I hear this question so often that I really want to provide a couple more thoughts for you all to consider. And I've been in this situation at various times in my own life as well. You know, I say sometimes I feel like I'm taming the lions and sometimes I feel like they're taming me, you know, meaning sometimes I feel like I'm walking in purpose and, you know, um, taking back, you know, authority over things and um, just doing all that God has called me to do. And sometimes I'm unsure of that. Right. And so this is real for me, too. And so if you are unsure, I want to share a couple things for you to consider. And the first thing that has really helped me is to understand that as believers, we are united in a common purpose for our lives. Throughout the New Testament, Jesus shares that every day, we should all be focusing on loving God and loving others, so that through that, through the love, we can reconcile or bring others to God. And there are so many scriptures that talk about this. Um, I'll just mention two of them. One is Mark 12, 30 through 31. And in this scripture, Jesus is responding to a question from a religious leader, a religious teacher. And that teacher was asking him which commandment was the greatest. And Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. So that's one. And then the second scripture is 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 5, verse 20. And Paul in this is sharing our purpose as believers. And he says, therefore, 
we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were making an appeal through us, we beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. And so taken together, you know, those scriptures are telling us to love God, love people, love ourselves, and reconnect other people to the Lord, meaning do whatever we can to lead others to salvation and a closer relationship with our Father. So honestly, if we don't know anything beyond that, that is enough to put purpose into every job, every encounter, every relationship, everything that we do. Am I loving the people I come into contact with every day? Am I praying for them? Am I telling them the source of all good things in my own life? God, my Savior, and the Holy Spirit. You know, so the next time someone asks you, what's your purpose? What's your passion? You can always say, my purpose is to love God and love people. Boom. And honestly, that's what we do from now until the time we leave this earth. I think God and Jesus Christ would be pleased because that's exactly what he told us to do. Right. So that's that's the first thing. And that really helps settle me um, in that if I'm loving God and I'm loving people and I'm doing what he calls me to do, draw other people to him, then, you know, I'm acting in alignment with his purpose for us on this earth. But maybe you want to be like Joshua and you want to know the specific promise God has for you. You know, God says, as we mentioned, if any man lacks wisdom, ask and it will be given to you. So let's talk about a way you can seek God for and ask him about your specific promise, maybe something that's more specific to you. And for me, God has never spoken to me audibly, meaning I heard his voice. But through the Holy Spirit, he speaks to me through my heart, through my mind, um, through scripture where I'm reading it, through other people, and just through his, you know, demonstrated actions and faithfulness and blessings to me. So the first thing I just ask is, what scripture do you have before him about your promise? With Google, you know, and Yahoo and any other search engine, searching the scripture is so easy. You know, so find a passage, find a set of scriptures um, that relate to what you're seeking the Lord for. I shared the one on wisdom and, you know, one of my favorites in Jeremiah 33 and 3. Ask me and I will tell you remarkable secrets you do not know about things to come. But first of all, find a scripture that you, you know, can think about, meditate on in your own heart and have before the Lord. And then second, for me, I think the biggest change, um, the biggest unlock in me really understanding more, not everything, but more about what God would have me to do was spending time alone with him. And, you know, from my experience at first, it might be a little awkward. It might be a little you know, odd, it might feel a little unsure, it might feel a little boring, or at least that was my experience, right? When I first started spending time with God, I think I was trying to do 15 minutes, and I would set my phone for 15 minutes, and I promise it would feel like a long time, like I would have prayed, sat there silently, and I look at my phone, it had been like three minutes. I was like, okay, something's not right here, you know, so then I started to read the scripture, read the Bible first, and then pray, and then sit silently, and I think that, you know, it got better. Um, it didn't feel completely right, but it still felt better. Then I started writing down my prayers. Um, I love that movie, War Rooms, and so I started writing down my prayers in a book and in a prayer journal. I think that helped me, you know, really express what I was feeling and to kind of reflect on what I heard God saying. Um, 
you know, and then I realized that I calmed down a lot by walking. And it would take me 30 minutes to really walk past all of my thoughts for the day to get to a quiet place and start to notice the sky and hear the sounds around me and, you know, start to settle down enough that I could start to hear from God. And so I just say all that to say that spending time alone with God is so critical and is so important to hearing his voice and his promises for you, for me. Um, but I'll tell you, for me, spending time alone was a process. And I think about it like a relationship. You know, if you haven't spent time alone with someone, then all of a sudden you're in a room, you know, with the door closed by yourselves with no TV and no distractions. It might be a little awkward, right? <laughs> My daughter actually was telling me about a party the other day where the adults turned the lights on and the kids said the party became immediately awkward because now you had to have eye contact. <laughs> I love kids today. So, um, but if you haven't sought the face of God with no distractions, no leader, no one singing you in, you know, it may be uncomfortable at first, but I can tell you it's worth it. It gets easier and it gets to the point that you start creating opportunities, opportunities to spend time with them. Um, I used to listen to the radio a lot in the car and now I really don't because that's another quiet opportunity for me to spend time with him. Um, you know, and those 15 minutes I started with aren't even close to enough now. I mean, I feel like I need 30 minutes, you know, then it was like I need an hour. And now I really feel like I need half a day and I really want a whole day. You know, 15 minutes just doesn't seem like enough. Like I'll, I might only have that time sometimes, but it, it just doesn't feel like enough. So God created you. And he wants you to know and fulfill the desires that he has given you, right? So we have to seek him diligently for it. And he already promised us he will reward the diligent seeking and he will answer. You know, he wants us more than anything. He wants you more than anything. And I believe sometimes we have to mature in our relationship with him to a point that he knows he can trust us with the vision, you know, we need to be in a place that once he gives it to us, we're not going to take it and then try to run off and do it by ourselves, but we're going to stay close to him so he can guide us through it and guide us to it, right? So let's get close to God. Let's seek him for the promises he has for us. And then let's go get those kingdom promises he's already given us in Jesus name. So I pray that was a blessing. God is so faithful and he is such a rewarder when we diligently seek him. And one of the greatest rewards, the greatest reward he has for us is salvation. And we talked about how much more confidently we operate when we know something is ours. And so I just ask you today, if you are to die today, do you know where you will spend eternity? And if you're not sure, I urge you, I beg you to give your life to Christ today. You know, just before the road, um, just before the road to Jesus being crucified, and then resurrected began, Jesus was teaching his disciples. And he told them that they couldn't follow him where he was about to go right now, but that he was going to go ahead to prepare a place for them where they would come later. And he told them that they knew the way. And the disciples responded that, you know, we don't know the way. We don't even know where you're going. And Jesus replied, I am the way, the truth and the life. So to get to heaven and to be in right standing with God and to be able to understand and receive the promises he has for you, the first step is to know the way and the way is Jesus Christ. So if you haven't given your life to Christ, I urge you to do so today. You know, life is eternal. That's a fact. Life is eternal. 
but we can choose where we spend that eternal life. And I pray that you give your life to Christ so that your eternity is spent with the Father, with Jesus Christ, and the family of believers across generations and all over this world in a beautiful place where there's no more crying, no more death, and no more sorrow. So if you're already saved, you know, pray this prayer with our new believers as a reminder of the perfect and eternal gift that we've all been given in Jesus Christ. Romans 10 and 9 says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's pray. Father, I am a sinner and I need a savior. Thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, who came and gave his life that I might be saved and that I might be reconciled and made right with you. I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. And I believe in my heart that you raised him from the dead, that I might be saved and spend eternity with you. Thank you for saving me. I acknowledge you as my Lord and Savior. Amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time or rededicated your life to Christ, write us and let us know. You have just made the absolute best decision you could have made in your entire life. And that is worthy of celebrating. You know, the word says that when one of us, one sinner repents, the angels in heaven rejoice. And we rejoice with them and with you. So if you just gave your life to Christ, write us and let us know. You can send me an email at agreen, A-G-R-E-E-N, at lifechangingfaith.com, so at my church email. Or you can visit the website, iamakingdomleader.com to email us or submit a question for another show. You know, find an amazing Bible teaching, Christ-believing church and group of believers who will love you, encourage you, teach you, and you can do the same for them. You know, and we can all grow together. I love you guys. God loves you best. Be blessed, kingdom leaders. And until next time, let's go. Thank you for joining Kingdom Leadership. And we pray you were blessed by today's discussion. You can find us next week at the same place, same time. You may also visit us online to access past episodes and submit questions for future shows by visiting IamAKingdomLeader.com. God is calling us to lead in a way that gives him glory, attracts others, and advances his kingdom. God bless you.